India across the board between the life insurance, general insurance and health insurance is hugely underpenetrated on the insurance side. Hi and welcome to DH Radio. Yesterday, Madam Finance Minister laid out the union budget. Since it was presented at a time when we are approaching the pandemic's end, the motive was clear. Health needs a priority. Rupees 35,000 crore was allocated to the COVID-19 vaccine and the section under health and well-being saw a 137% jump in fund allocation. But what does it mean? Will the funds be enough? To talk about this and more, we are joined by Mr. Vishal Bali. He's the executive chairman of Asia Healthcare Holdings and has formerly been group CEO for Fortis Healthcare Limited and CEO and managing director for Wokhart Hospitals. Mr. Bali has also been a past member of the Global Agenda Healthcare Council of the World Economic Forum. Uh, hi, Mr. Bali, and welcome to DH Radio. Hi, Mohammed. Good to be with you. It's wonderful to have you on our show. Mr. Bali, my first question to you is, how do you see this budget? Did it meet uh, the expectations that you had set for it? Given the fact that uh, the industry, and particularly the healthcare sector, has been for the last many years talking to the government around giving health a priority in the budget. From that context, I think the budget for 21-22 definitely lays that out very, very clearly in terms of the prioritization for healthcare. Um, I think if we look at the macro numbers with the 137% increase, um, it does look like a phenomenal number in terms of the overall outlay. But the moment you begin to skin this number a bit, it also includes the 35,000 crores, which has been announced for the COVID vaccine rollout. Uh, It also includes health and sanitation and water, which was not there in the previous years. So, you know, when you start looking at the refined numbers, the overall outlay for the Ministry of Health and Family Welfare, which is the one which basically delivers health care to the country, uh, the increase is about 10 to 11 percent. But what is more important is that finally the government has recognized that health is crucial to Indian economy, that healthcare is fundamental to the growth of this country, and that it needs attention, uh, be it on the back of a pandemic, but more importantly, there is a growing realization that if we don't take the right steps now, it will probably become too late for India. So from that context, yes, a good budget for healthcare. I think overall, on particularly on a couple of other areas too, the fact that we're going to have an increase of about 11.5% on revenue expenditure, uh, 34.5% on overall capital expenditure, means that infrastructure will definitely get a big boost, not just from a healthcare perspective, but overall infrastructure improvement in the country, which which will impact GDP in uh, the coming year. And obviously, you know, with the role of um, getting the GDP to about an 11% growth rate in the coming year, I think we have a big task ahead of us as a country. So I think in that context, um, you know, the budget does uh, lay out many initiatives. What is going to be important is how they get executed and the minutiae of the details in terms of the um, execution of particularly on the divestment side because that is going to be a big contributor into the control of the fiscal deficit which as we all know is about nine and a half percent of gdp 
vis-a-vis uh, -vis an earlier estimate of three and a half percent of GDP. Uh, now that's a big swing. And um, as we all know that having a high fiscal deficit is not really good for any country. So divestment is going to play a big role in terms of managing that fiscal deficit number. So a lot uh, ahead uh, for the country. Um, and given the fact that we've just come out of or are still coming out of the pandemic, I think this will be a very interesting year for all of us in India. You have led uh, two of India's leading hospitals and are aware of the infrastructure and the human resource needs of uh, the healthcare industry. Do you think the funds are enough? Like, what challenges do you see going ahead? Is this budget a turning point according to you? So, Mohammed, uh, this budget is a turning point from an attention to the sector perspective, right? Um, uh, if you take a look at the way that uh, healthcare as a percentage of GDP, particularly the public healthcare spend as a percentage of GDP contribution, uh, traditionally it has been less than a percent. So, India overall now spends close to about three and a half to four percent on on healthcare spend uh, to GDP, out of which the public side is less than 1%, uh, which is amongst the lowest in the world. And because that GDP spend has been traditionally low, India has underinvested in its healthcare infrastructure. India has underinvested in its uh, clinical and paraclinical manpower. India has underinvested um, you know, to a very large extent in the way that it has delivered primary and secondary health care to a larger population of people. Uh, India has been largely led on the healthcare delivery side by the momentum given to the sector uh, through the private sector and, um, and through, you know, a large amount of foreign capital that has actually gone behind the private sector to scale the demand supply gap. So in that context, I think we definitely have a long way to travel in terms of bridging the demand supply gap. Uh, this budget, again, as I said, that um, while it lays out a foundation and, um, and showcases health as an important part of India's economy, it still does not necessarily give a very clear-cut indication whether a large pool of this additional capital is going to go into healthcare infrastructure creation or medical education, which is very, very critical. Um, you know, about a year back or two years back, there was a massive announcement around the universal healthcare scheme, right, which is uh, the scheme led by the prime minister himself. It is strange that that scheme was not talked about in this year at all, right? And um, India was supposed to sort of benefit out of the rollout of the universal health insurance scheme. So I think these are the gaps that begin to come back and hit us because there are many announcements, but the continuity around these announcements is extremely critical. And I'm hoping that moving forward, uh, we will see some continuity of these allocations that have been announced yesterday. So we have a long way to go. Um, there is a big demand supply gap across the board on the uh, infrastructure side, on the people side. India needs to graduate far many more number of doctors that we are doing today. We need to set up multiple more uh, nursing schools and colleges so that the paramedical talent can be uh, harnessed. And um, moving forward, I think a lot more attention needs to be paid to primary healthcare. The pandemic has shown to us very clearly that uh, 
the world can be hit very badly if we do not really take care at the primary care level around the rise of multiple influenzas that are hitting the world over the last many, many years. So, you know, strengthening of the primary healthcare systems in the country is equally important. You rightly pointed out that, you know, policies are being made, but their implementation is, you know, has been an issue. I mean, it's dogged India for a very, very long time. Now, if you see that the FDI increase in insurance, right, and the move to another uh, part of the budget spoke about the move to formalize the sort of unorganized sector. I'm talking about the uh, migrant laborers where they say they ha- they'll have a data bank of uh, these sort of laborers. Do you see like, you know, combining these two announcements, do you see a paradigm shift in the way people perceive insurance? So I think this is one of the very positive moves in this budget, you know, capping uh, foreign investment in uh, insurance uh, to 74% from 49%, I think is a very, very big move. World over, um, you know, and if you take a look at any country, whether a developed country or developing country, insurance is one of the biggest players that actually creates the safety net, you know, right from life insurance, general insurance to health insurance for citizens of any country. We have been, you know, capping foreign investment in this in this space because there was a thought process that um, the moment you get more and more international funds in this sector, you sort of end up giving up these companies to foreign investors. I think what is what has come out of the budget day is that this again is an important sector to open up for foreign investment. And because it's not just about the capital, but the kind of knowledge, the kind of um, competency that is required in growing insurance as a sector uh, comes along with this capital. Um, And world over, you know, you have behemoths in uh, the insurance businesses around the world. And I do hope that some of those competencies, particularly in new product launches, uh, both in the life and the non-life sector, particularly on the healthcare side, will make an exponential difference to the way that India follows the safety net of the um, of the insurance sector. So I think that's a very positive move. And uh, again, I, I do hope that um, this is put into action soon so that we will see the rise of insurance within the country. India across the board uh, between the life insurance, general insurance and health insurance is hugely underpenetrated on the insurance side. And the reason for that largely has been that our insurance companies have been fairly defensive in terms of new product launches. And therefore, I think more capital coming into this part of the sector is going to be welcome change to the way that insurance is perceived in this country. So it's like the industry is still scratching the surface, if I can say that. Uh, Moving ahead, Mr. Bali, is there anything more that, according to you, is there anything more that the government should do to put us on par with you know countries leading in healthcare, what are the gaps do you do you currently see? Mohammed, what is important is that if you take a look at around the world, uh, the government has either played the role of a facilitator or a provider or a regulator, right? It's not very often that you find all these three roles being clubbed into one, and and that becoming the right approach to developing healthcare systems across the country. So, um, and so either you can facilitate by, by providing the insurance net, or like the UK, you can facilitate and become the sole provider like the NHS. 
um, or, uh, you know, like in some of the other uh, developing countries as we see right now, you also become a provider uh, by putting together your own healthcare infrastructure. I think the government of India, because health is both a central and a state subject in this country, needs to have that very clear-cut demarcation in terms of how they want to grow uh, the entire healthcare delivery space. We need, a, you know, even on the public side, given the fact that India is not necessarily a, a rich country, right? And so, therefore, we have to cater to healthcare um, services to the masses of this country. Uh, the government has to play a big role in terms of providing that. So a large part of the government healthcare expenditure also has to go into demarcated healthcare infrastructure creation. We do not have in this country a proper disease surveillance system, which is very critical for um, putting together the foundation of a good healthcare ecosystem. And I don't think that the private sector can do that ever. It has to be done by the government. Uh, the basic research the government has to be a big provider of that. So I think there is a role which is defined by the, you know, by the government making an impact in the way that it sees the rollout of healthcare services in the country. Uh, and so therefore, I think in my head, the way that when I look at these numbers, I don't look at these numbers just from an outlay perspective, but I look at these numbers more from the context of how much of this capital or how much of this healthcare spend that the government is trying to increase is actually going to go into specific projects. The, the budget is actually pretty silent on that. Uh, and that's what worries me at times because you, know, you can create an expense of another say 100% more, but how is that 100% more expense distributed under various initiatives in healthcare? is very, very critical. And then they become projects which can also then be monitored um, because, again, the states have a big role to play in the rollout of healthcare services. So I think that's going to be critical over here, um, that it's not just about the outlay, but it is about a project-based outlay utilization. So, Mr. Bali, before we wrap up our conversation, like, how do you uh, rate the budget? Say, out of ten, how 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 do you rate the budget? So, I would rate the budget seven out of ten. Uh, you know, more because there are some specificities which are still lacking in the budget. Uh, but overall, a budget with the right direction. Overall, a budget which puts healthcare at the forefront of change. Overall, a budget that you know, that has a lot uh, in play to increase the capital expenditure uh, and therefore infrastructure. Overall, you know, even if you look at the economic survey, uh, you know, India has a potential to grow 11% uh, in terms of its GDP growth uh, this financial year. So the budget is basically in tandem to that growth projection. But I think we will get more and more clarity as we see the days ahead in terms of the execution which again has been of paramount importance each year after the budget announcements are made. Hopefully that gap is going to be fulfilled and then, you know, we are on the right track in the subsequent years. Great having a conversation with you, Mr. Bali. Thank you for joining on DH Radio. Thank you, Mohamed. It's a pleasure. That's all in today's episode. 
Tune in this evening on our news update podcast from the newsroom to catch all the exciting developments of the day and to get the news while it's still budding. For latest news and updates, log on to www.deckenherald.com. Check out our e-paper at www.deckenheraldepaper.com. To read news on the go, sign up to our Telegram channel t.me/deckenheraldnews. Keep up with the news from your interested sphere by downloading the all-new Deckenherald app, in which you can personalize, have quick glance at news shots, check highlights, and even listen. too you can get it from google play store and apple app store and you can find the links to the same in the description